Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate with Brian Pham, where we interview real estate professionals around the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a very positive review. We release an episode every single Sunday, so stay tuned. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate. This week we have Miss Brenda Chen. Brenda is a hard money lender in the Bay Area. She's very well known. Everybody loves her. Everybody knows her. We love to work with her. She also hosts a San Francisco real estate meetup that just hit 1,000 members. Congratulations, Brenda. Thanks, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, I love what you're doing with the show and the community that you're building. So it's uh, really, really an honor to be here. Thanks. Definitely. Very happy to have you here, Brenda. Hey, Brenda. How'd you end the hard money lending? Yeah, that's a good question. So I kind of just fell into it on accident, uh, but I feel like it's been like a very lucky thing to happen to me because I'm learning so much about real estate investing. Mm-hmm. But basically, when I was out of college, I was pre-med and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. And then I was just looking at ways to get a job and I was reading a lot of books on entrepreneurship and building businesses because that's what I want to do eventually mm-hmm. uh, to be an entrepreneur and I joined the sales boot camp and at the time the CEO of the company Keith he just started Conventus where I'm at right now and they were at like seven people looking someone to join their sales team so I was kind of their first sales hire and it was the kind of the perfect role for me because I love talking to people I love real estate and especially learning about how to grow wealth and how to invest. So I've learned all of that in this through this job and through Keith. And so just kind of an accident, but very serendipitous and uh, very lucky. That's insane, you know, like the fact that you went to this conference, you met Keith, they kind of pulled you into, you know, hard money. That's I don't I believe that's no accident. I believe that that has to do with your subconscious mind. But you actually wanted to do that, you know? Yeah, totally. I think, yeah, I totally believe in like the law of attraction. And I think Mm -hmm. it was all like the years of me reading these self-development business books that that when I had the opportunity, I recognized it's like, wow, this is really cool. I want to do something like that. And I just really clicked with the whole leadership team and love the culture of the company. And so Mm -hmm. I just went with my gut and uh, it's been two and a half years now. So it's been really great. And you've been doing also I want to add that you've been doing an amazing job as well. Like you really put yourself out there. Like we all know who you are, what your reputation is. Like I commend you on that, you know. You have what it takes to become successful. And you can't say that about a lot of real estate professionals out there. Because some real estate professionals, they they don't want to put themselves out there. They don't want to meet people. They don't wanna, you know, create this network of people that, that they can help, you know? So I commend you for that. And also can you try to touch upon like how how do you bring the conversation out with Keith like how, how does holding even happen did he approach you did you approach him like how did you recognize it was an opportunity yeah so I was just kind of interviewing around but this product uh financing for real estate investors stood out to me like it was much more interesting to me than like cyber security or something like that so like mm-hmm. i just wanted to learn more about it and so during the interview it lasted almost three hours because oh, <laughs> i had no idea 
even like what to do in an interview like you weren't supposed to ask so many questions but I just it was so curious about this and like how it worked because he only had seven people back you know back then so how was he able to you know lend all this money out like I had no idea so I just kept asking questions about like what happens if like a loan goes bad and stuff like that and back then like they had a really really good track record and we still do and like I think it's just a very, he's like very talented in that way and also very hardworking. So I just picked his brain for a long time. He, he realized that I was really interested about this. And so he just, you know, we both decided to take the leap and uh, have me join. And it's been a really great choice so far. Definitely. Yeah. For our listeners that don't know how hard money works, can you kind of dive into a little bit and explain how it works? Yeah, sure. So hard money. So it's basically asset based lending. So it's called hard money because it's based on the hard asset. So the real estate itself, instead of having to go through maybe like a month or more like underwriting with a bank, you're getting money from a hard money lender who's a private lender that's more institutionalized. So it's not like mom and pop money where it's it's like 10, 12%. Like it's, it's much lower rate and the process is a lot more smooth. So we close in like typically seven to 10 business days. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we can do flexible terms. So it's a very customized option. And I kind of see that as like the future of financing, because why is it that we have to go through so much pain to get some, you know, financing for your projects it, it should be fast it should be customized so it's more personalized and I see that in like a lot of other spaces as well where yeah instead of having people jump through hoops like the companies are learning more about their clients and and then they're structuring their product around what they can provide so um, yeah it's basically customized flexible financing for real estate investors who are doing like fix and flips buying rental properties doing some kind of creative strategy to get their returns but yeah, for them to help them make uh, money on real estate. Definitely. I also want to add that most flippers use hard money because the banks won't loan on the houses based on the condition of the house. Yeah. Hard money, sometimes you use them because you can't get a conventional loan. <laughs> yeah. Fix it up and then you get a conventional loan to refi. So I just want to add that to our listeners. Yeah, exactly. So, so, we list, so you listed a lot of pros for hard money. Can you, can you cover some of the risks involved? With hard money as well? Yeah, of course. So hard money, it's more expensive. So you're paying a premium on the speed and the flexibility. Mm -hmm. So the numbers have to work. Like you're, you have to have big enough margins for you to, uh, for it to make sense for you to pay high interest. Mm -hmm. And if you can get a bank loan and you, you're fine with waiting, then you should totally get the bank loan because no one wants to pay a higher interest rate than they have to. But if you sometimes time is more important than money. So in, the, in those cases, then um, hard money would be the option. But there's like higher interest rates. So you have to make sure like that you have, you know, you're buying enough under market value or your strategy makes sense. Um, so it's not for every deal. Definitely. I got that. So that's, that's good to know for our listeners because, you know, when you're interested in real estate, especially on the flipping side, hard money tends to be a big fear of most investors. You know, oh man, how's it work? I don't understand how it works. So what are the risks involved? What are pros involved? And I think you did a great job telling our listeners tonight. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. It, so. <laughs> it. Um, can you cover some some deals that you would never lend on and some deals that you absolutely lend on so our, our listeners know like what's what's appropriate, what's not appropriate? Yeah. 
because it's so flexible, there's n there's not really one scenario where we wouldn't foresee lending on because they're always mitigating factors. But we typically like to see high credit score, high reserves, same as banks, high income, property where you're buying property at or below, um, preferably below market value, and you can uh, add a lot of, do a lot of value add, I mean, and um, make the returns. So we do evaluate your your future value. So we want that to make sense as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, basically looking at the profile of the client to make sure that they can make the payments and then see the project through and then track record as well helps. But then uh, also making sure the after repair value, the resale value makes sense. So they're, they're not getting into a project that they can't execute or that they would be stuck in. Definitely. Wow. That's, that's a really good description. Thank you. Hey, Brenda, I know that you're also very involved with creating communities out there. I want to point out to our listeners that, you know, as I mentioned before, you mentioned that you created the SF real estate meetup that hit 1,000 members. But I also want to mention that, you know, you did create another group called SF Grow Boss. You know, yeah. so these two groups are, are tremendous. Like, they're tremendous. Like, they're huge. They're very engaging. They build community. What was your motivation behind building this community? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think because when I was in college, I was kind of lost and I didn't know where to find my people, like people interested in the same things. And I, I sometimes felt like I was very alone. And then I reached out to one of my mentors. He was like answering emails, all you know, back then because he had, you know, he exited his company and he was giving back. So he, he was on this podcast. His name was uh, Derek Sivers. So he was on Tim Ferriss' podcast saying that he would answer any life questions. So I asked him, like, what I should do. And he told me to check out, check out meetup.com. Mm -hmm. And then I just took, it as, took his advice and I went traveling. And that was when I went to Paris on my own and went to this women's only group and felt like I belonged somewhere, like instantly. And I was traveling and I didn't want to do all the touristy things, but to be able to go into a place and feel like you belonged with the people who have similar goals, um, that group is just to have fun and to net, like to socialize and, and experience what Paris is all about. I wanted to bring that back to San Francisco and start SF Girl Bosses because I didn't want to only get that feeling when I'm traveling. I wanted to get that feeling right here at home. So I wanted to provide a safe space for women to support each other. And I wanted, um, yeah, people like me, people who are interested in, uh, you know, having speakers, learning from them, self-development, professional development, holistic wellness, all of that integrated to help us uh, become our best selves and to live the lives that we want. Definitely. Wow, that's, that's absolutely inspiring. and I I think it's I think it's pretty pretty courageous as well that you know how old are you at the time like 18 19 No I was a uh, probably like 22 23 oh, yeah yeah And you traveled to Paris by yourself <laughs> Oh yeah yeah That's, that's, I, I that's pretty that. courageous in my opinion yeah. I'm, I have a personal fear of traveling by myself especially to a foreign country Oh really so it's not it's not that bad. <laughs> and it's funny you say that because like I used to be told like, oh like you're too shy or like you need to be more like out there and stuff like that. But I think it was just because I didn't I didn't really connect to people back then because like I didn't have these groups and I feel like I wanted to provide these groups for people to really find their people and find 
the information or the experiences that they're looking for. So, um, yeah. I, I like that a lot. You know, like you, you found a niche within yourself. Like you found a need to help other people and, you know, you decide to take action. You know, that's, that's a, it's a huge difference between like someone who feels that way that kind of keeps it himself or someone that wants to make a difference and make a bigger impact. And that, that's great. I mean, I, I personally feel the same way. You know, like, um, that's the reason why I started my communities as well, because I just want to help other people because similar to you, like, uh, growing up, like, I felt like I was kind of lonely sometimes, you know? Um, mm. I didn't fit into a lot of communities or I thought a little bit differently. But, hey, when you start your own community, you found out that there's actually a decent size of, of people out there that feel yeah. the same way, that, that want to do the same things, you know? Yeah, it was amazing when you were with them because now you feel like you know, anything is anything is possible. You can do anything, you know? Yeah, and uh, I just want to also commend you for building your communities. And I actually found you online before I even met you in person, so it's definitely working. Like all your social media, like your podcast, your YouTube, like your new like Asian Hustle Network, like you're like the embodiment of what it's like to build a community and to support other people, giving them the platform to just talk about what they're doing in the world. So that's yeah, an awesome thing to see. Definitely. Thank you a lot for that, Brenda. Appreciate it. Hey, Brenda, what are your long-term goals with your hard money career? Like, where do you see yourself next year? What do you want to do next year? Where do you see yourself five to 10 years from now? Yeah, um, I think being in this space is super exciting. We're, you know, we started around five years ago, but we're just one tiny blade of grass in this field of opportunity. So mm-hmm. I want to definitely expand the markets and form strategic partnerships with people to bring mm-hmm. better financing, faster financing to real estate investors. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see, yeah, like people becoming empowered by real estate. And so want to integrate SF Girl Bosses with the real estate groups mm-hmm. to bring in more of a business component to the women's um, empowerment group and uh, to help everybody elevate and up-level. And um, I think, yeah, next year I'm really excited to just go to more conferences, meet more people. Like we're coming out with a new rental product uh, with lower interest rates. So um, just seeing this company grow, I've learned a lot about what it takes to start a business. And it's definitely not easy, but it's uh, it's really, it's pretty fun to to witness and to be a part of. Um, but yeah, I want to I wanna grow myself and then grow the company and then also learn more about real estate. So long term, I do want to invest myself. Um, thinking of house hacking in San Francisco, mm-hmm. we'll, see, we'll see what happens. That's, I'm putting the intention out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I would definitely foresee being in real estate long term. Definitely. I mean, for our listeners who don't know, house hacking means that you purchase a property as a primary residence. And then you rent out the other rooms to offset your mortgage or live for free. And this works very well with expensive markets like San Francisco, LA, or anywhere, basically anywhere in the works. But it works really well in like really expensive markets. You kind of like kind of alleviate some of the housing burdens that we have over here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like sharing a house with people, I think would be really fun too. Like like minded people. Mm -hmm. Like either renting or like getting a big house where people can yeah like talk about either real estate or like how to improve their lives and then also live in this community so yeah it's just um beginning um 
of the ide ideation phase, but that's what I ultimately want to yeah. continue yeah. to live in San Francisco and also be able to invest. Yeah. And I, I love that too, how you, how you mentioned that, Hey, like not just house hack, I want to house hack to like-minded people as well. You know, like, I don't, I don't think most people think of it that way. They're like, Oh my God, I just have to rent out these rooms and <laughs> my mortgage, but you're like, you know, you're taking it one step further, you know, you're like, <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it's like um, what you mentioned earlier too. Like you're building these communities, and it, it's it's fun for us. It's like we're following our bliss. And if for me, what would take it to the next level is for real estate to be fun and to like have mm -hmm. you know to be able to integrate like different aspects of our lives with real estate. And I think that's through community. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's what I want to integrate in the future: community with real estate investing. Definitely. I love that too. Cause I, I too had the same aspirations. Oh, awesome. I think, um, I love real estate. I can never leave it. It's very addicting for me. But at the same time, I come from a software engineering background and I'm always thinking like, how can I fuse these two together? Like how can mm -hmm. I make these two things one entity? Mm -hmm. That kind of brings I me mean, kind of reminds me of what you just said, you know, you want to combine like-minded people with, Real estate investing, with girl boss, and all these three things that you really like. Mm -hmm. How can I combine real estate with you know tech? Um, yeah, that way too. Yeah, because what people are missing these days is the feeling of belonging, and mm -hmm. um, especially in a big city. So, yeah, to to be able to bring that back and to, to into real estate too would um, totally increase the uh, the income as well on the, mm -hmm. the on the real estate because people are utilizing it more and using it together so yeah so it's just something for you to think about yeah definitely i mean i do have ideas too i don't mind sharing so i was thinking about buying buying like a old warehouse somewhere in a desirable location turn it into a co-working space that would bring in ink like vc investors angel investors turn it into like an incubator slash you know real estate place that people can hang out you know Mm -hmm. that's kind of my idea too so it's very very similar to yours i like a lot i like a lot what i'm hearing so <laughs> yeah because <laughs> um i i've been thinking about a lot about that recently and um i think in order to live an extraordinary life mm -hmm. your work has to be for yeah it has to be fun too so mm -hmm. to integrate work with play that's like you can do that with real estate as well and once that happens like it, if it works then it it, it totally transforms your life because your entire lifestyle is um, kind of, yeah, your entire lifestyle is surrounding, sorry, <laughs> your entire lifestyle is um, accommodated by the real estate that you're in. So Definitely. that's like the next level. I love it. This is like very, very mature talk. Like, I, <laughs> I like the reminds that you're, you're outlook and everything. So very great. Um, what would you say is your biggest motivation? What is your why? Like, what keeps you going every day? Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot, and I think it's just I have this this immense drive within to be my best self because mm -hmm. I don't want to take my life for granted, and I'm just so grateful for my life currently, and I want to make the most out of it, and I want to help other people do that. Mm -hmm. And I remember as a kid, sometimes I felt like I was not as empowered as I would like, and I always had that dream of just living the life that I want, going wherever I want, doing whatever I want. 
And I think people in real estate kind of have that common mission, which is why I connect with them so much. We just want way more out of life than um, the typical person, I would say. And so asking a lot out of life and so getting it in return. And so for me, it's um, being able to live my dream life with the people that I care about and um, that I love and also helping other people do the same. I think humanity is like kind of shifting into more conscious living and awakening to that. So we're not just, we just, we at the very core, none of us want to be a cog in a wheel, but we, we want to do something kind of like be the heroes of our own stories. So um, I want to show that it's possible for myself and for other people to do the same. Definitely. I, I like that a lot. It's a very strong why. Um, so. What's your why, Brian? <laughs> oh man i wasn't prepared for this <laughs> so similar to yours my why is to make the biggest impact i can in the world uh i think all my quotes i have are, i don't know if my listeners can see or hear but i have a lot of quotes around my work area that you know i want to be the change that you can see in the world you know and i personally believe that it all starts with how you view yourself mm-hmm. how you view yourself is very reflected outside um, so if, if you solve your internal thoughts and problems first, you can make a bigger impact. And once you make a bigger impact, you'd be surprised like how big an impact you can make. And people will look at you, people will see you as inspiration or someone they strive to be like or knowing that you're always going to be there to help. And it's contagious. Yeah. Like yeah. Once, you, once you reflect that out from how you feel inside, you can make a bigger difference because you know people will catch on. And from, you may not see it tangibly, like you can't touch it, feel it, but the change is out there, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you even, you never know who you will influence, affect and help for the better. So it's always great to like, you know, help other people, especially when no one's looking, you know, like when no one sees you, like that's, that's your true character. And that's how I strive to be when no one's looking, when no one's asking, like even, even things in my daily life, you know? So for example, like when I see homeless people always give out food or money, or if I, this one time I saw this, this old person walk across the street and I felt really bad. So I parked my car and I walked him across the street. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Things like that, you know? Yeah. It's like, you don't have to have people see like those things. This is, you know, internally how you feel and the type of person you want to be, you know? Yeah, I, I love that. And um, yeah, I came across like a quote recently some uh, from Steve Jobs, something along the lines of mm-hmm. that everything created in this world um, is by people no smarter than you. Mm-hmm. So just, yeah, having more agency to be the change that we want to see because we can do that. Like we're, if we, yeah, if we want to, we can totally be the change. So that just That's reminds me. Yeah. yeah of course that's also one of my favorite quotes as well i think i seen that video when i was in high school and i was like wow i can do it i could totally do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you are doing it already <laughs> <laughs> Brenda, hey, what kind of advice would you give someone just starting out as a real estate investor or a hard money lender i would say keep an open mind and be positive mm-hmm. but also do your diligence and be um, I would say, yeah, be more conservative and in, in not speculative because um, as much, yeah, you have to be careful. So um, 
to really evaluate the risks. And I know there's a balance between timing and wanting to act on the deal versus being mm-hmm. conservative. But mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, like um, always envision uh, multiple exit strategies mm-hmm. so that you can put yourself in a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always a way to do that. Like there's there, there are ways to be creative and to really, yeah, expand on that. Like how can I make this deal work out for me even if uh, it doesn't, you know, something doesn't pan out. And I think... I think having multiple exits and multiple um, plans would help make um, a plan that deviates uh, kind of still work out for you. Definitely. But yeah, always, I think like having a positive mindset really helps as well because then you can see all the possibilities of, you know, deals coming or people you can partner with and uh, Mm. yeah. Definitely. I think you just touched upon that as well. Like, do you have the exact process that you use to kind of like, identify all the risks and positivity and you know what works what doesn't work or you just guys just or you guys just whiteboard and whiteboard and it's like here we go here's the pros here's the cons or is there like a systemized way that you guys can analyze this yeah there's so many different factors in a deal so that that's why we're able to be so flexible is that we can change something within the deal to make it work for everybody so mm-hmm. Um, in lending, it would either be lowering the loan to value, mm-hmm. increasing the note rate and the points to make something more risky work because um, Keith always says um, there's no bad asset, there's only bad prices. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people are able to take on more risk if the, um, if the return is greater. So kind of like shifting things like that. But overall, we look at the property itself, um, the current situation, the potential for uh, value add and the um, ARV, and then the track record um, profile of the clients. And then um, if something doesn't work out, we'll either tell people to add you know, someone who can add someone to the loan that can bring the overall profile up or, or you know, experience up. Um, we can ask people to cross collateralize with other properties. Um, we can ask them to lower the the loan amount to make the the deal work. Um, there, yeah, there are lots of ways to to make the deals work. Sometimes we ask people to put in their money first mm-hmm. um, in order to make the deal work. But yeah, there are lots of ways to shift things around. Okay. Wow, that's, that's really that's really cool. I think you just gave a lot of insight on how things work, so I appreciate that. And also, I like to point out that you know, you mentioned that deals, you know, there's no such thing as a bad asset, you know, only bad prices. And the fact that I like that you brought into the equation that it's all about knowledge, really. Like it's how much you know. I don't. I believe that you know, you're you're always kind of like stuck or pigeonhole in a certain type of investing if you don't understand if you don't know more information you know like some deals that don't work out well for flips that may work better for real estate development comments mm-hmm. like you're never quite stuck with a bad deal you know you just have to know how to maneuver it to make a great deal and this is the the best part of real estate investing. You know, you look at a deal, you're like, okay, this won't work for wholesaling. This won't work for flipping. Maybe it works for development. Or you look at it, all right, this definitely won't work for development. This works for flipping. And mm-hmm. like, wait, this definitely won't work for flipping. It's work for buy and hold. 
and all that comes to your own personal development you know your own personal knowledge like how how many times yeah. you go to these conferences you talk to people you learn more and as you learn more you look at these old dudes that you were passed on because you're like oh man i'm just a flipper i'm just a flipper i'm just a wholesaler you know mm-hmm. it just opens up so much more opportunity for you as you gain more knowledge yeah i totally agree and i would also add that um yeah to leverage the knowledge of the people around you and that's what these communities all are all about and showing up to these events like one sentence from somebody can totally change your strategy and help you make more money so um yeah like we're all more powerful together Mm -hmm. and um sometimes you don't have to learn everything yourself the hard way you can just ask around and so I, I usually tell people starting out to interview as many people as possible especially people that have done um the work and have had the track record and have had things gone wrong so you can learn from like from them what not to do Definitely. and um it also get, gives us more of a sense of security to have people supporting you like rooting you on cheering you on uh, so the psychological aspect is also very important. Definitely, I, I love that too. I think I think that I think uh, no offense to my friends, but I think that the best time to find a mentor is when the economy is not doing so well. <laughs> you know, because I feel that like the people are still making money right now and are still flipping or still developing. They actually have, they actually have really strong fundamentals that you want to seek out and get their yeah. money from. I think that given that when the economy is going strong, especially the housing market, everyone's a genius. You know, everyone seems very smart. Everyone makes a boatload of money. But it's when things turn bad and that people are still flipping and still making money, it's when you want to find these mentors because they actually know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you want to see people that have gone through multiple cycles and weather the storms and still still are able to come out ahead and those people would sometimes say like during the down times it's when there are the most opportunities you just have to be prepared for that so that you can take those opportunities when they do come agreed agreed absolutely agree with that comes with experience hey brenda do you have any favorite book podcast or other medium that you draw inspiration from yeah i'm constantly reading books um right now i just recently discovered mind valley so it's like this online platform for courses for uh, personal transformation. Like uh, they do things on relationships, on how to change your mindset, um, how to live your dream life, and how to envision, how to meditate. And so I've I've really enjoyed just going through the courses. They have one on super brain, which is improving uh, your ability to learn mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, there are so many books I, I recently read. Uh, when you when you believe it, you'll see it, mm-hmm. and it's it's by Wayne Dyer, and it's all about changing your thoughts first before you uh, before you actually see the um, the outcome that you want. So um, instead of having to see it first to believe something to change your beliefs, because then they'll change your reality. So that that's been really really transformational. Love it, Brenda. Um, if you can restart any point of your career, which point would you restart? What do you mean by restart? Um, if you can redo anything in your real estate career, what would you redo differently? Hmm. If I were to redo something. Mm-hmm. Anything. I think, yeah, I think I would do the mindset work a lot 
yeah, like a, a while ago, like when I first started, I would do my mindset work when I started because it's the foundation that changes everything. Mm-hmm. So I used to believe like you need to work super hard and like you need to sacrifice everything in order to succeed. But once I decided like, I don't want to believe in that. Like I want to believe that it's going to be easy and it's going to be fun. And like, how are, what are the ways that I can do that? And so, so like shifting my mindset and asking the question, like how can I make my job and career really fun and easy mm-hmm. while achieving way more than what I had in mind before. Mm -hmm. So working on these beliefs, um, I realized that the beliefs are holding me back. So a lot of the fear-based beliefs, I'm shifting to more like prosperity, abundance-based beliefs, Mm -hmm. that there's more for everybody and uh, we can all empower each other. We'll be stronger together. So like shifting those in the beginning would help a lot of the struggle that I had in the beginning because I doubted myself so much and I, I would think so much before doing something mm. versus if you just had the belief in the beginning, like you would just be, you know, you would just do action after action after action instead of thinking about it and they would all be aligned actions mm-hmm. instead of putting one foot on the gas and then one foot on the brakes. <laughs> that was kind of like what I, what I was um, going through before because there, there were a lot of self-doubt. So yeah, working on the self-doubt mm. um, and the beliefs. Which is pretty, yeah, it's pretty hard, but I think it's... It's a gradual process for most yeah. people, you know. Mm-hmm. You can't just force yourself to think a certain way. It has to be, yeah. move your own pace. And yeah. the time comes, you're like, wow, what was I thinking before? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, similar, I'm in similar ways. Like, I, I think that, I think that when things get hard for me, I still consciously switch my mindset to oh it's it's a process it's gonna take time just you know just get better like 0.001 percent every single day like it doesn't matter what you do to improve but just work in it every single day and eventually it becomes second nature to you you know so yeah. very we both have this growth mindset that yeah. it's very underappreciated sometimes because it's like oh yeah but you think about how far you've grown from since day one to now to for anyone listening, like as long as you try to improve yourself every day, like within six months, you're going to see a little bit of results, a year, two years, and eventually you grow into that person that you always wanted to be. And that's, and that's the crazy power of the mindset, you know, keep pushing yourself forward. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, you're, you're always so positive and I always see you commenting and like, cheering people on. I think that, yeah, that matters a lot. Like it's, um, we want like a positive environment. I think that's where people can really uh, get to their next levels when they feel like they have the support that they, you know, from the community mm-hmm. and uh, you're kind of like the example of someone doing that. Cause uh, <laughs> yeah, I always see you commenting on people's posts, like, like supporting them. And so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really awesome to see. Thank you, Brenda. Nice to know that you always catch me on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> In real life, I don't even look up. I don't look at my phone. <laughs> hey, Brenda, how can our listeners find out more about you or contact you? Yeah, so my website is brendatchen.com. So mm-hmm. B-R-E-N-D-A-T. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and on there you'll find how to find the real estate club as of girl bosses conventions lending um if you want to shoot me a personal email you can do that as well um it's brenda.t.chen at gmail.com awesome hey brenda 
Thank you for being the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is really fun. Thanks, Brian. No problem. Thank you.